Hi everyone, this is Vanessa. Welcome back to my podcast. Sorry, I've been off the air for quite a while. I know I've promised to be back and be more consistent. I did finally get the interview with Joe Furlow from the Magic Castle. However, because it was a phone interview and I was using my new recorder, it was unable to transfer to MP3. Today, I finally got it to transfer with the help of my brother, of course. So I got it on and it's ready to go. But the only downfall is it's not as best quality and it's not exactly the best recorded and I wasn't really able to edit and clean anything up towards the beginning or towards the end. It's also not letting me attach anything. So it's gonna sound, well, lame. However, it's okay. Thank you so much for tuning just the same. I appreciate you guys for the follow. Give it a thumbs up and a like, and I hope you guys give me some feedback. Um, if it's negative, it's okay. I can totally take it. I agree. It's not my best work, but Joe Furlow was amazing in this interview. So I hope this definitely helps out a lot. Um, I do promise things will get better from here. It's definitely um, a work in progress, and I will get back to doing more recordings and also again very sorry you guys will get better stuff coming up anyway thank you so much and stay tuned in a few minutes i will either link this up and it'll be in the same file if i cannot do that because the system doesn't let me i will then have it as two separate segments so you might get two uploads in one day so stay tuned have fun thank you guys so much for tuning in lots and lots of kisses and hugs and see you guys again for the next show bye hi everyone this is vanessa on the podcast for the magic castle interview with joe furlow i have joe furlow here with me i want everybody to say hello um, so, Mr. Furlow, tell me, what do you do and where do you work? Uh, what do I do and where do I work? Well, I work at the world-famous Magic Castle. I actually work for the Academy of Magical Arts, which has a really cool clubhouse called the Magic Castle. And I am currently the general manager and have been so since March of 2012. That's great. So, how did you end up getting a job there? <laughs> Well, that's a, that's a really good question. Uh, I've been around magic since I was a kid. Uh, my uncle uh, was a professional magician uh, uh, since his teenage years, and uh, I first visited the castle here in 1981. Uh, Paul Fiddler, my uncle, was filming a commercial with Larry Wilson inside our largest theater, which is called the Palace of Mystery, and uh, they were shooting it during the day, and my mom pulled my sister and I out of school uh, to come be audience members, uh, just to fill the audience as they took uh, take after take after take. Wow. And uh, in between takes, I was able to kind of walk around this marvelous facility. At that time, it was only about 22,000 square feet. We're now 27,000 square feet. Uh, but as a uh, eight-year-old kid walking through what I would describe as the, uh, the Disneyland Haunted Mansion for adults, uh, I just fell in love with the building. Um, my, my career trajectory was a little bit different. Uh, I graduated from San Jose State with a psychology degree, uh, but I went to San Jose State on a football scholarship. And so for a couple years after uh, after I graduated, I was uh, making an attempt to uh, to be uh, in the NFL. Uh, I had yeah. bounced around from team to team and uh, finally decided that it was time to end my athletic career and really hunker down and obviously begin my professional career, so to speak. And at that time, I was working at a private club in Long Beach, uh, a private country club called Virginia Country Club, and uh, just fell in love with that uh, that level of service. Um, worked my way quickly up the chain at Virginia to uh, become GM myself there, uh, and then served in many different capacities at many other clubs around Southern California. Uh, the castle, the uh, the academy, were going through some really tough times when they first interviewed for the uh, GM job. Uh, they had a fire here in October of 2011. It was actually on Halloween Day, wow. uh, and the fire devastated the the attic.
space as well as the third floor here at the uh, Magic Castle. Uh, but the amount of water it took to actually uh, extinguish the flames uh, damaged the other three levels of the facility. And so the, the academy had to shut down. At that time, they did not have a GM. Uh, our president was the actor Neil Patrick Harris. And Neil really guided them through a very difficult and turbulent time. Uh, we didn't have a lot of money, uh, although the castle has been open since 1963. Uh, I would uh, I would characterize it as just getting by. They never were truly successful from a financial standpoint. Uh, and so it really took a lot for them to get the place back open. Uh, they reopened the castle on uh, January 13th of 2012 and then began the interview process to find a new general manager. And I had thrown my hat in the ring uh, just because I was... Uh, I've always loved the private clubs, and we are a private club here at the Magic Castle, but I also love magic, and so I thought it might be a really good fit. Uh, they agreed, and they hired me, and uh, my first day was March 5th of 2012. Wow, that's impressive, and it's 2019, so that's a very good run. It's been a really good run, yeah. It'll be seven years this coming March, and... Uh, I wouldn't trade it for the world. We've, we've really made a lot of strides. I think from a financial standpoint, uh, we've gone from uh, an $8.7 million facility, which we were in 2012, mm -hmm. to this past year, uh, we just uh, we just achieved over $20 million in total revenue. Uh, so we've That's grown amazing. immensely during my time. And, you know, a lot of people, <clears throat> you know, contributed to that. It just wasn't... Uh, it just wasn't our staff. We've had really good boards. We've had a board of directors that always set goals for the future. And we had a great board of trustees that really dealt with the magic and brought in magicians from all around the world. And it seemed like the combination of a great board as well as a great management team has really allowed us to uh, achieve success, I think, way beyond all of our founders' dreams. Uh, you know, the Magic Castle started... Uh, uh, basically by two brothers, uh, Bill and Milt Larson. And they were trying to fulfill their father's lifelong dream of creating a private club for magicians and magic enthusiasts. Uh, Bill mm -hmm. Larson Sr., uh, who unfortunately passed away in 1953, uh, was a lawyer by trade, but a magician by night. And uh, the Larson boys grew up in a family of magic. I traveled the West Coast performing shows from Seattle all the way down through San Diego. Uh, magic was a big part of their lives. Uh, their father, Bill Sr., actually started and edited a, a Conjurer's magazine called Genie Magazine uh, up until his death. And upon his death, the older son, Bill Jr., stepped in and began editing uh, Genie Magazine. And Genie was, uh, was a very successful magazine all the way through the mid-90s when they did finally sold or did sell uh, to a larger company. Uh, but starting the Magic Castle was a dream of their fathers, and the two boys kind of divided and conquered, so to speak. Uh, Bill focused on building up the academy and the membership, and so he traveled the world introducing this magic club that was going to start and open in Hollywood, California, while the younger brother, Milt, uh, really dedicated himself to actually building what is the Magic Castle today. Uh, wow. The Magic Castle is built in an old Victorian house originally built by Roland B. Lane in the early 1900s. Uh, the Lane family lived inside the building until the late 30s when both Mr. and Mrs. Lane passed away. Uh, during the 40s, they say that the, uh, the, the, the Lane mansion became a convalescent hospital during World War II. Some say it became an apartment complex. Some even say that it became a brothel. Uh, but by the time the late 50s came around, uh, the place was empty. It was dilapidated uh, and owned by a Texan named Tom Glover. Uh, the two brothers approached Tom Glover and kind of convinced him to turn the building over to them and let them create this magical club. And Tom loved the idea. Uh, they shook hands and... Uh, Made, that, made a deal that Tom got a little bit of their food and beverage take and so began the, uh, the Magic Castle. Uh, today Amazing. it's a little bit different. Yeah, today's a little bit different. Uh, instead of only having 150 members like we had when we opened our doors on January 2nd, 1963, mm -hmm. uh, we now have 5,400 members worldwide. 
combined. Wow. Uh, we have we have two classifications of membership. We have the uh, magician membership, of course, and those that are striving to become magician members have to go through an audition process to become a magician member. And then we have another type of membership classification called associate member. Uh, those are just fans of magic. And when you become an associate member of the club, you get the opportunity to come into the building uh, anytime you want and catch any of the shows that we have on a nightly basis. Uh, we now host almost 32 shows nightly in four different showrooms. We have 13 performers that come in from around the world on a weekly basis and perform for our members. Uh, it is an extraordinary place. It's referred to as the Mecca of Magic. And we plan on building upon that for years to come. It's amazing. And I did have the pleasure to attend some of the shows thanks to you. Um, when I came to visit with you, you had given me tickets and I was able to take some friends. And it is absolutely mind-blowing. Beautiful place, wonderful company. The magic really does bring everything to life. And for everyone listening, if you haven't been, definitely check it out. Google it. Um, it is VIP only, so you can only be by invite. Am I correct? That is correct. And I do appreciate the feedback on your on your experience. We, uh, we, we, we strive for one of the greater experiences in not only Los Angeles, but in the state of California. And I'm glad you enjoyed it. My pleasure. Yes, it was definitely an experience. It's really hard for a lot of the people listening to be able to attend um, but for anyone who's interested and wants to get more information, I know you guys were on the History Channel, I believe. Um, there was like a YouTube channel that kind of did a tour and a history about it. Oh, no doubt. There's a lot of uh, stories out there. Uh, we just had a story run in the Wall Street Journal. Um, but I think uh, the Thrillist is probably the best uh, The best at Google. And if you, if you go to the Thrillist and, and type in my name, uh, Joe Furloa, there's there's a nice story about the history of the Academy as well as the Magic Castle. And I provide a little private tour to kind of walk you through the many different rooms that we have. Um, it, it is an extraordinary place, and we have a great membership that love the art of magic. And, you know, going back to the Larsons when they drafted our mission statement way back in 1962, you know, our mission statement is to educate and foster the art of magic to everyone in the world and uh, we, we try and, and do that on a, on a daily if not annual basis here at the Academy. Okay, well that's great and definitely be something I'm going to check out online as well. Um, for, I guess everybody who's listening that might want this as a career to be where you are or to just be a part of the Magic Castle as a staff or as a magician, um, let's just start first staffing. How would someone be able to get the experience or what would they need to be where you are today what's a good foundation to start or in any other position in the magic castle what would you recommend well there's two things here um you know if anybody's ever interested in becoming a magician uh we do offer uh magic classes here at the academy you do not need to be a member to learn magic we actually have magic one through four and we offer classes six days a week now so that's number one. Number two is uh, to, to sit in my chair. Uh, I think ultimately customer service is the way you want to go. Uh, although I was a psychology major at San Jose State, and I do use psychology on a daily basis, uh, you know, you have to have the customer service heart uh, to be in this business. And I, I would say here at the Academy, that's certainly the case. Um, some describe it as a serving heart, but you also have to love being around people. Um, you know, we're here to put on a great show. And I think if you are looking for a profession that you will enjoy coming to work on a daily basis because you're not only surrounded by great staff members, but also great members that are just looking to have a great time every single night, uh, I would highly recommend, uh, you know, checking out our website and looking at the available positions that we have here at the uh, Magic Castle. And I would certainly recommend that they apply. It is, uh, it is truly a remarkable place to work. And uh, although I just signed a four-year extension to my contract, uh, great. They are going to be looking for a, a new GM come 2024. <laughs> so if anybody's out there and interested, uh, I'm certain you know, the board of directors would be more than willing to listen. Well, I hope you stick around longer than that because you're absolutely amazing. I think you're doing great with the place. But for everyone listening, you heard that. So if it's something in the future you would like, definitely Mr. Furlow is the person to 
hit up and talk to get some experience. Um, we did have a previous interview. I know none of the people listening now have gotten the chance to hear it. Probably won't. I'm sorry that recording has been deleted when my phone got fried. So this is why we're doing a second recording. But, um, <laughs> and it's pretty bad. Always back up your stuff, people. But for um, the record, uh, we did talk about it last time. And I know you were then, and I hope you are still now, interested in helping people out if they want to do kind of like shadow you or an apprenticeship or at least be able to get a hold of you to get a feel for the environment and see if this is something they'd want to do in the future or even come and just shadow you hear how magicians are and get a feel if this is the industry or school that they'd be interested in going into I mean are you still open to that can we Absolutely. We, we actually do have an intern here. Um, I just actually walked out of her office just a few minutes ago to, uh, to sit down with you on the phone. Okay. Um, we, we brought her in from New York, actually. She works at probably one of the top ten clubs in the world. It's called Shinnecock. Uh, Shinnecock Golf Club in New York. Uh, they just hosted the U.S. Open last year. Uh, obviously, being in New York and having the weather, they shut down from basically November until April, and she was looking for a quote-unquote different experience. Absolutely enjoyed her experience, and I'm not sure she wants to go back to New York. To be honest with you, that's uh, great. But yeah, anybody, anybody that's interested in shadowing, not only myself or any of my managers, you can email me at j f u r l o w at magiccastle.com. Be happy to walk anybody who's interested in this profession, uh, you know, through how I got here, as well as if they want to come and obviously kind of shadow what I do or my food and beverage director or my sommelier or my executive chef or my head floor manager or even my director of entertainment. Well, we'd be happy to do so. That's that's why we're here. And that's great. And thank you. That's a huge opportunity and definitely accessible to a lot of people who might be looking to get into it. Um, So if you guys are interested, I'll also link the email that he gave down at the bottom along with um, a couple of website descriptions for you to check out the links that he's been talking about. Um, and feel free to shoot me some questions or um, in his email, you can always reach out. And yeah, that's pretty great. Um, so working with the Magic Castle, what would you say your greatest experience coming in and learning from this company? What is your greatest experience of it all? <laughs> well, I have two stories. One, one that's completely off the beaten path, and I'll, I'll, I'll actually answer your question. <laughs> so, what's been the, what's been my greatest experience? Well, obviously, being in Hollywood, we, we do deal with celebrities from time to time, and we I got a phone call um, from my front desk saying that somebody was at the door and they weren't dressed per our dress code. We have a very detailed dress code. Men have to wear suit and tie. Women can either wear pantsuits or dresses. Um, and we're really sticklers with that. We've been sticklers since 1963. Mm-hmm. Um, as I got to the front desk and realized who it was, it was the heavyweight champion of the world, Vladimir Klitschko, wow. uh, standing there wearing a pair of jeans, uh, a very nice collared shirt, a tie, and a jacket. Uh, well, we don't allow denim inside our building. And uh, his wife is Hayden Pantieri, uh, the actress. And uh, when I when I told the champ that he could not enter our building, given the fact that he was wearing jeans, he asked what he could do to obviously uh, to fix the situation. Mm-hmm. And uh, he and I jumped in his Maserati and actually <laughs> drove down to Hollywood Boulevard. And we walked into the Hollywood Soup Broker. And I had what I could describe as my pretty woman experience. <laughs> I was able to get him into a Hugo Boss suit. Uh, literally within 22 minutes and had him back at the castle within 40 minutes so he and his wife could uh, enjoy dinner and enjoy the shows for the remainder of the evening. That is my favorite celebrity story thus far. That's amazing. But I think ultimately uh, the the brunches is where I'm most proud of what we've been able to accomplish. Now you got to remember we are 21 and over Mm-hmm. Monday through Sunday during PM hours, but we do brunches both on Saturday and Sunday for the under 21. When I first arrived here in 2012, we were averaging about 200 to 250 people per weekend for brunch. Uh, nowadays, we average closer to 650 people uh, over a two-day weekend, basically for brunch, and mostly our children. And we have really focused our brunch. We have a buffet that's 
uh, been lowered so it's closer to their level. Uh, we place them in the front rows of all the showrooms. The magic is completely dedicated to kids. Uh, we use volunteers in every show. You know, what we're really trying to do is make them lifelong fans of magic and to bring in 650 people consistently on a weekly basis, uh, mostly kids to be introduced to the art of magic with their, their whether it's their parents, whether it's their grandparents, aunts and uncles, uh, it's a tremendous thing. And I think we've been very successful in uh, reacquainting magic with the younger generation. And again, going back to that mission statement, I really do truly feel that's what we should be doing. Uh, we do have a junior academy here at the castle, which is, you know, young magicians between the ages of 13 and 20. And mm -hmm. they also have to audition to be, become a part of the junior academy. Uh, but we allow really qualified members of the junior academy to perform during brunch. So not only are we introducing magic to kids, we're also giving those teenagers, that 13 to 20, those, um, you know, these budding magicians who want to do this for a living, a great opportunity to get into the showrooms and really get the experience they need uh, to be able to become professionals. And I'll tell you, the magic that they perform is sometimes better than most of my professionals that we bring inside the building. That's great. And it's exciting because that's a good age to start getting into it. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, we're very proud. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to bring my niece and nephew to one of the brunches. They would love it. And my niece is getting into magic. He's starting to love it. So I think he'd very much enjoy it. Well, you're not going to be able to get out of the building without visiting our gift shop and purchasing some type of magic apparatus. I promise you that. I've got 11-year-old <laughs> twin boys, and even still, even though they've visited numerous times, I can't get out of this building without spending money in my gift shop because they want to uh, enhance true. their magic skills. Oh, it's true. The first time I went, bought the owl, and I was in love. And I'm just like, yes, every time, without a doubt, you go. You kind of want to take a piece with you to remember that specific day. So I agree. They're going to love it. And I'm expecting to take home a few things that they're going to want to buy. So <laughs> it'll be worth the experience. Absolutely. So what advice do you have, I suppose, educational-wise, that people looking to get into the field either as a magician or into your field, what education should they have? Or is it required at all? Uh, to be a magician, no, but I would highly recommend that you do spend some time in business classes. Um, you know, to be a professional magician basically means you got to learn how to market yourself, mm -hmm. and you got to be able to negotiate. You know, obviously uh, contracts and deals. Um, you know, those that have achieved the David Copperfield level of success, obviously they have agents that handle most of that for them. Um, but magicians that are still working their way up that chain, um, you don't have to do it themselves. And so I would say spend the time, learn how to write, learn how to market. Um, obviously, in today's world of social media, there are ways that you can target certain demographics and really talk about, you know, your magic. You have to distance or differentiate yourself between this magician and that magician because you're basically competing over the same type of work or clientele. But I would say, you know, business is a great thing to do. It's a great thing to rely upon. Um, I would say, honestly, out of the 2,700 magician members I have on my property, um, I would say probably only 20% of them are actually performing professionals. Uh, most of my members here, are, they have daytime jobs. They're lawyers, they're doctors, you know, they're vice presidents, they work at Starbucks, you know, but they're also magician as well. Now, some describe that as being a hobbyist, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. um, we don't see it that way. We see it as uh, once you become a magician member of the club, whether you're prof professional or whether you're a hobbyist, it doesn't matter. You're still a magician inside the building, and that's part of the Larson legacy is when you walk into the building, you can sit down right across from a professional and you can session and you can ask questions and you can get better at better at what you do. Uh, and that's one of the great perks about being a member of our club is if you really enjoy magic, you can surround yourself with others that share that same passion and it's only going to make you a better whatever, a better 
performer, a better magician, a better lawyer, a better doctor. Um, you know, there's just a great、yeah. support system here. It's a great community. And that's, I believe that to be true.、Um, and one of your magician members, Chris Heron,、uh, just、yeah. became one of your official magicians, I believe. Yeah, we know Chris. I know Chris quite well. He actually、uh, is up in the Bay Area. I think he's a San Francisco guy. Right. And、uh, I, I actually hired him a year ago to work a, a private club up there in the San Francisco region. I, I love Chris. He's, he's great at what he does. That's great. And he just posted that he performed in Vegas, I believe. So that's really great. And it's also bringing more attention and awareness, in addition to your other magicians, to the Magic Castle. So people are becoming more aware. Of the Magic Castle, which I think is amazing. And hopefully, we'll... I, th- I think so too.、Um, you know, we have magicians performing everywhere. It's not just Vegas.、Um, right.、Uh, you know, obviously, Magic has gone through a renaissance of sorts. You know,、mm-hmm. you have magicians on America's Got Talent, you've got them on Penn and Teller Fool Us,、uh, you have magicians on、uh, Masters of Illusion. You know, people are being reintroduced to the art form, and, you know, we could not be happier about that. Uh, but we have magicians performing on cruise ships, hotels, you know, resorts,、um, you know, all around the world, which is、um, you know, something that was readily available back in the 70s and 80s and then kind of went away.、Uh, and it's now, it's now coming back and it's become very popular. And、um, I tell you, I, I don't know why. I can't put my finger on you know,、uh, one reason why it's become chic again, but、uh, I can say this there are a lot of performing magicians that have gone back to making a, a good living、uh, because there's so much work available. And、uh, you know, performers like Chris, or even in Vegas, you know, Penn and Teller doing show after show at the Rio,、um, you know, Lance Burton, although he's retired,、uh, still helps younger magicians you know,、uh, by putting on shows and producing shows. Um, you know, the more exposure you can get, the better. And uh, Definitely. Uh, I tell you, it, j- it just makes everybody better. I agree. And、I'll, I hope I'm working on it to see if I'm able to get some of the more professional magicians who do it as a full time job. I'll try to see if I can get one to do an interview. And then I'll get a part time magician and have them discuss what it's like to have a part time job. And to become a magician, but you being able to hold everything, how does that responsibility feel? Are you, I mean, have you ever been nervous that things might not work out as planned or if an act might not show up? How does that work? Every single day I get nervous. No, I, you know, when I arrived here in 2012, I, I really felt、um, the castle was really an untapped resource. Um, you know, for years they had really struggled to kind of find their identity. And so that was rule number one, which was to try and find our identity.、Mm-hmm. It helps when you have a mega star like Neil Patrick Harris as your president. You know, obviously he did more on television to reintroduce magic to the world than any other person out there.、Um, but yeah, there, there have been a lot of ideas I've brought inside these four walls, which kind of buck the trends. Uh, or, or the traditions, but I really felt like we needed to make a change to stay on the cutting edge of being a private club.、Um, yeah. You know, the, the menu, I'll use that as an example. You know, we brought in a great executive chef to kind of revolutionize our culinary program.、Um, you know, we,、uh, we had to dig deep to come up with ways on how we can, you know, entice our members to come back to the dining room for decades. You know, the food was always looked at as an afterthought inside our building. Mm-hmm. And so we really focused our attention on that. I focused my attention on the valet service.、Uh, we always had an outside company as our valet, and I took it over in October of 2012, and we brought it in house. And you know, a lot of my members were quite upset、uh, because the outside valet company had had, a, had that gig for almost 30 years, and they really felt like they were family. But、right. there was a level of service that I was striving for, and you want that valet to be the first person that greets you. And the last person that wishes you well, and it really sets the tone as well as could salvage the experience at the end of the night. And I wanted them to be our employees delivering our level of customer service. So, yeah, there were a lot of decisions I've made in the six plus years I've been in this chair.、Um, that at times I, I, I stay, I, you know, I, I'm awake at night staring at the ceiling, wondering whether or not、uh, the decision was a good one or a bad one. but... I have a great team here, and、uh, we do not make decisions、mm-hmm. uh, 
you know, on the whim, we really analyze and we crunch the numbers and we really look at it from different angles uh, before I even approach the board of directors. And then once I sit down with the board of directors and pitch an idea, you know, I have to sell them on that idea. Uh, and nine times out of ten, they, uh, they, they usually back the, the crazy ideas I have. And we've been very fortunate uh, that most of my crazy ideas have, have really worked well and, and helped us to achieve what we've been able to achieve. But, uh, you know, I have a saying that's on my desk, and it was a gift that was given to me by one of my employees, I think, my first year on the property. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recite it to you if you don't mind. No, I'd love to. Go ahead. There is no limit to what a man can do or where he can go if he doesn't mind who gets the credit. Now, that's a line that was uh, recited by Ronald Reagan when he was president of the United States, and it's true. It's powerful. Um, it's, it's not just me. It's, it's our team. It's our club. You know, where our club wanted to go, and we really kind of laid out, you know, a 10-point plan on how we were going to achieve where we wanted to go, and it took all of us. And now, you know, when I first got here, we had 102 employees. Now we have closer to 200 employees here at the academy, and it 200 to be able to get us to where we want to go and that takes a lot of orchestration mm -hmm. and a lot of communication um, but I tell you once you get a team around you that buys into where you want to go um, right. there is no limit he's absolutely correct and that is powerful I haven't heard that one before but I agree um, if all credits aside if people just strive amazing things can happen so that's a really good quote and that's a beautiful gift <laughs> You're welcome. So, out of curiosity, I mean, what inspires your ideas for your next projects? Is it just daily tasks, or do you just think about well, it? Yeah, that's a good question. That, that's a really good question. Um, you know, yes, we have to react, uh, and you have to look at current trends. Um, you know, I try and get out there and educate myself as much as I can about mm -hmm. what's happening in the private club industry as well as what's happening in the world of magic. Um, you know, I certainly don't just lock myself in my office on a daily basis uh, and not, um, you know, obviously pay attention to current trends. You know, we have a very, the food and beverage is a very volatile business. You know, there are highs right. and there are lows and you can't overreact. Uh, depending on what's happening, uh, you know, in this uh, very difficult industry. Uh, you know, some experts are calling for a recession uh, at the end of 2019 here in the United States. You know, I can't control that, but I can prepare for it. If we do see signs of a recession, you know, how is the academy going to react to still provide that level of service that we're striving for? Um, you know, I've got a great team, and when we do our senior management um, you know, meetings, which we do weekly, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we talk about doomsday, uh, that's the section of our meeting that we talk about worst case scenario, what will we do if, uh, and we, we, we have a battle plan. Um, you know, I was not here in October of 2011 when they had the fire that devastated the building. Uh, and I'm sure there were a lot of eyebrows raised uh, as soon as that fire started and was extinguished mm -hmm. about how we were going to continue as a, as a club. And they persevered. Uh, and I like to say that we rose from the ashes, uh, just using a fire analogy. Um, but I think we never want to be in that position again. You know, we really work hard on a daily basis to avoid disasters of that magnitude. But there are certain yeah. things. Um, that obviously you can't control. Um, I talk to my staff all the time about all we can control is what happens inside these four walls. And I describe our four walls as our entire piece of property. You know, we can only control what we can control. You know, some elements are outside these four walls that we can. Um, I challenge every employee, you know, no matter what happens outside these four walls, you can't bring it into the job. You know, if you had a bad right. day at home or you had a bad day at school, uh, or, you know, you had a fight with your children or your wife or your spouse, um, you, you got to kind of leave that outside. you got to come in and really focus on what we're trying to achieve here. And so the, we definitely define this as team. Uh, my first two months on the job, I was trying to find a rally, uh, a, a rally cry, basically, to get the team to kind of buy into what I wanted to do. Right. And so I, I, I kind of coined the term the castle way. We do things the castle way. 
Uh, and they all kind of looked at me like, what <laughs> the heck does that mean? And Good I question. described it as, we're going to cross every T and we're going to dot every I the first time. Not the third time or the fourth time. The first time. We're going to do things right. We're going to take a little extra time and we're going to do things the right way. I challenge all my employees, don't say the word no. If there's a way we can accommodate a request, let's try and accommodate it. Very rarely do we say we're really sorry, we just can't do it. You know, there's always a way. We're on top of the food chain for a reason because we, (laughs) we adapt and we overcome. And I really challenge my staff on a daily basis to really overcome the challenges that they think they might have. Uh, but we also collaborate. Uh, you know, my office door is always open. Um, somebody has a problem, I want them to come in. I want them to sit in my office. I want them to tell me their problem. And I will steer them the right way to the point where they'll ultimately discover the solution. Um, but it's a, it's a very collaborative process here. And uh, Like I said, I, I don't think we would have been able to achieve what we've achieved uh, unless we had a group of very dedicated employees uh, that bought into my level of service as well as bought into where we wanted to take the academy. I, I sometimes wonder, since we lost Bill Larson back in 1993, mm-hmm. you know what he would think of the castle nowadays. Um, you know, unfortunately, I, I, I can't talk to him, and uh, we just lost his wife Irene three years ago, and you know she would call me every once in a while and tell me what she thought Bill would think of some of my decisions and it was always mm-hmm. very positive and their daughter Erica served as my president as well as is uh, currently the chairman of the trustees and so I'm able to kind of pull her aside and say what do you think your dad would do in this situation but I have all of his old writing from 1963 to 1993 he basically wrote every piece of communication that came from the Magic Castle or the yeah. Academy to its members and I'm able to read all of it. And I was able to absorb, you know, where he was trying to take the club. But I think even doing over $20 million in revenue probably surpassed, <laughs> you know, any any goal he may have had in his in his life. That's that's for sure. But um, when, I'm making a, when I'm making a decision, the first thing that goes through my head is WWBD, what would Bill do? That's a good question, and that's great. And to have all that stuff that he wrote down, I'm sure that's quite inspiring. Absolutely. Um, you know, there isn't a problem we deal with in 2018 or 2019 that he didn't deal with in his, you know, in his in his era. Uh, and so you can go back to 1982 and read of some of the problems that they had then. And it's almost the same problem I'm having today, whether it be, you know, not enough magic or you can't get a reservation on a Saturday night for six weeks. You know, I can always go back in his writing and see what he wrote to the members. Now, he was a little bit more direct to the members than, than I have to be. Uh, he, he was the one that was able to say, if you don't like it, you know, go find another magic club that you want to enjoy. Now, obviously, I don't <laughs> go to that extreme. Uh, he could do that as the owner and proprietor, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm the general manager. I do report to the board of directors and the board of trustees. And so, you know, I definitely loop in a lot of people to our problems. Mm-hmm. We've got really smart people here, and we can always think ourselves out of a problem. That's great. So, and I know this is a funny question. I'm sure a lot of people that are listening to this podcast are probably thinking the same thing. Um, so just to address it before I get questions, when you started, how did you avoid being starstruck and making it just professional? And how do you get your employees that are there or visitors that are there to not get starstruck and ask for pictures or ask for autographs or just to have that moment of just following them around like how do you make it so that people can come there and just be you know free and enjoy their time without having to worry about being followed or um I don't want to say bugged because I don't know if it bugs them so much as they just want to get that distance from being recognized to just enjoying their time. How do you get that separation? How did you deal with it? <laughs> so, so they, they, they've always had a rule here at the Academy, and we call it the Cary Grant rule. And mm-hmm. Cary Grant was actually one of our first board members when we started here in 1963. You know, Cary was a huge fan of magic. 
huge fan of the art form and uh, Bill Larson approached him and asked him to be on the board of directors and Kerry responded in a very strange way he goes I'll do it but I don't want people to approach me for an autograph and I don't want people to approach me for a photograph and so we enacted way back in 63 the Cary Grant rules so celebrities that come into our building um, you know are not approached um, we're very open about our no photography inside our building philosophy and we really do protect celebrities from um, you know basically being hounded for an autograph or a photograph but what I discovered very early on and maybe it was because Neil Patrick Harris was my immediate boss mm -hmm. uh, celebrities and very successful magicians are just like you and me right They're just normal people who want to get away and just have a great night out you know Neil used to stand in line just like everybody else he used to buy people drinks <laughs> you know he'd, he'd ask him he'd always introduce himself as just Neil it was never Neil Patrick Harris it's just Neil and you know most people recognized him it wasn't that wasn't the issue mm -hmm. um, but he was really down to earth and what we've noticed with celebrities that come into our building um, because I do get phone calls you know hey so-and-so wants to come in and I'm like absolutely um, but just know they have to pay their own way just like everybody else now there are celebrities that are probably a little bit more recognizable than others mm -hmm. and so at times we do have to protect them from a security standpoint uh, just to make sure they're not mobbed um, I would say the, the celebrity we brought into the building that I never thought that she would get the reaction she did uh, was the uh, the singer Adele okay. and it didn't it did not take long for the rumor mill to begin and people realized that she was in the building but she was here with her love and she just wanted to see some great magic and we kind of escorted her from showroom to showroom just like we normally would um, but I've never seen the reaction uh, like we did that particular night wow. um, you know Johnny Depp is a regular here um, he does not comply with our dress code uh, and so we do have to sneak him in through the back door through the kitchen and into a private dining space mm -hmm. and then we bring magicians to him uh, so he can enjoy the art form uh, but Johnny takes his time going through the kitchen he shakes hands with all of our cooks all of our chefs even our dishwasher she's such a really great guy that uh, uh it just makes life that much easier so no we we don't get starstruck um you know most of my That's staff good. understand that it's not about passing a script or passing a headshot to try and get you know on an audition for whatever upcoming movie uh you know is being filmed uh it's about delivering the level of customer service and if you if you look at celebrities and you just see them as normal folk Mm -hmm. uh, you'd be surprised how um, y you'll enjoy it much better. I was going to say that probably one of those surreal moments I had while I've been here, uh, I was standing in our main salon, which is our main bar, and I was talking to the, the manager on duty, right. and I, I really I really challenge my managers to not just see what they can see. I want them to see the whole room. You know, I want them to see the cobwebs in the corner or the nick in the paint or uh, a light bulb that's burned out. And as I was standing there kind of doing a little training with my floor manager, um, a man and a woman came down our main staircase and they, they came rumbling down the stairs. It was pretty loud uh, because the room was somewhat empty and they, uh, they turned at the base of our stairs and they looked like they were heading to the men's and women's bathroom. And they, they stopped right before they got to the, uh, the bathroom doors and they started to, uh, to kiss. <laughs> and kissing became a little bit more and some the hands were kind of all over each other and I looked at my floor manager and I said, do you want to handle that or do you want me to handle that? And he looked at me and he said, oh, no, 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 I would be honored if you handled that. Well, obviously he knew who it was. I did not. And so I made my way over to the couple and I started off by saying something along the line of, hey, I love public displays of affection like the NECA guy. However, we really need to keep it G-rated. And uh, then I realized who it was, and it happened to be Ryan Gosling and Eva Mendez, the actor and actress. Oh, my God. And I felt, I felt so embarrassed, and then I tried to crack <laughs> a quick joke, and, and, and I did, and they both laughed, and, and they both turned and headed to the bathrooms, and uh, I turned around, and my floor manager was laughing so hard, he was leaning against the wall. And I walked over to the floor manager and I said, you knew they were right. And he goes, of course I 
that, well, I had no idea. Uh, it probably made an ass of myself, to say the least. But uh, <laughs> they're just like everybody else. So it's, right. uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun having them in the building. That's awesome. And that's a good remembrance of experience to just be like, oh, okay. That's good. <laughs> Yeah, you know when you when you when you think of them as just normal folk, you know people who mm-hmm. have families and a mom and dad and kids, and you know they're they're it's just a job. You know it's a very um, you know it's a very public job. Everybody knows who they are, but it's really just a job. And and here we really try and uh, create an environment where they're safe and they can get away from it. For those that haven't been in my building, I only have two clocks. I have a grandfather clock on my main staircase, and I have a grandfather clock over by my palace of mystery. You know, we want people to come in and get away. Um, We don't want you to worry about your mortgage or your job or the fight you had with your significant other or your kids uh, or your angry boss at work. We want you to get away and really enjoy the art form. Um, You know, people ask me all the time what it's like for me uh, to, to go in and watch a show because I see so many shows nowadays. And I don't watch The Magician anymore. I really watch audience reaction. And the only way I can describe it is uh, uh, there's a there's a Pixar movie called Ratatouille, and there's a scene in the movie where the food critic takes a bite of the ratatouille, and it takes him immediately back to a memory, mm-hmm. a memory when he was a young boy, when he had crashed his bike and scraped his knee and had a really bad day, but mom or dad made a nice bowl of warm ratatouille and it made everything okay you know I really feel magic is the same way Uh, even though you might be in your 40s 50s 60s 70s or even 80s you know to see magic done in a professional way takes you back to that first magic trick that you saw that maybe it was your uncle or grandfather or grandmother or aunt you know that showed you that first trick where you had that sense of bewilderment and uh, we really try and create that sense of bewilderment on a nightly basis here. That's amazing. And, I mean, how often do you actually get to, I don't know, go out there and be with the audience and just watch everything as it happens? Is it frequent or because of your job you're mostly up in your office? No, no, I would say it's very frequent. Um, What I have noticed, uh, the longer I've been in this job, is the the more and more magicians recognize me uh, in the back of the room. I usually try and sit very low in a chair. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've even even donned fake mustaches and and a hat just to try and hide myself because I I never want them to feel uncomfortable with me being in the room. Um, But I, I have to get in there. I have to watch magic. A, I love it. But B... Um, you know, if there's a nice buzz about a particular magician that happens to be working this week, you know, I need to get in there and see it for myself. Uh, if it's an act that, you know, has received acclaim on social media among our members, um, you know, it, it, it behooves me to actually make my way in there and see the show so I can comment as well. Uh, I give a lot of feedback to my director of entertainment. Now, my director of entertainment's name is Jack Goldfinger, and Jack was a, a, an illusionist and a performer for a number of years. And he took over the role about 10 years ago, booking the castle. And, you know, he can't be here every night, and I wouldn't expect him to. Uh, and so anytime I see a show that I really like, it's, I'm able to give him really good feedback, either, you know, over the phone the following day or in an email that night to say, that person, you know, was phenomenal tonight. The show was really good. You know, most of our shows mm-hmm. here in the castle are only 18 minutes in duration. Right. Now, our bigger shows, the one that's in the Palace of Mystery, as well as the Teller Theater, those are 45 minutes in, in duration. But really, most of our shows are 18 minutes, and we rotate, you know, lots of crowds through each of the showrooms, you know, multiple times per night. So, you know, there are some shows that are really great, and there are some shows that are only so-so. Uh, and so the feedback to the performer is very, uh, very important as well. Uh, I, I do not give notes. That is not my job. I'll leave that up to my director of entertainment. But mm-hmm. I know a good show from a bad show. And when audience members react in a very positive way, it just, it warms my heart. It really does. I mean, it just, it re- reinvigorates me to come in and do my job better because what we're doing here and introducing this art form or you know, reintroducing this art form to groups of people uh, is simply, I think, one of the better things I've done in my life. That's great. And I think that's 
Honestly, one of the funnest jobs is one you have, from what I've heard, because of the experience and all the things you get to do and the accomplishment. I think it's amazing. And from what I've heard from you and from, I guess, online in the reviews, you have definitely made the Magic Castle one of the most memorable places that everyone's trying to get into. It's a good thing it's just by interviews of VIP because you would have a long, long line waiting. <laughs> because <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. I, I, I do agree with you. But thank you. Thank you for the kind words. It's Like I said, it's not just me. I've got a great team around me. But uh, It's an amazing team, we, we, for sure. We, we, have, we have left our mark. And, and I honestly think uh, when, I, when I started my career in the private club industry, you know, that mm-hmm. was one of uh, my goals, one of my bucket list items was to leave your mark. You know, uh, ultimately, when we leave this earth, um, you know, you want people to remember you for one reason or another. And, and I tell you, I, this, this has been a great experience for all of us employees to work in a, a wonderful building that we, we, we perform magic every day. I mean, That's <laughs> I couldn't think of a better job. Right. <laughs> I couldn't think of a better best. job than, than what we've got. And, uh, <laughs> uh it's, 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 it, it, I, I don't mind being here six, seven days a week. It's just that much fun. But uh, sounds like it. It's, yeah, I mean, we're welcoming over fourteen thousand people a month now into our dining room, and uh, it, it, it's truly remarkable what we've become. And we're continuing to evolve uh, to be able to, you know, still provide that level of service that we uh, that we established when I got here in two thousand twelve. That's amazing. I might have to become your intern because. It's so inspiring. I'm like, I just want to be there. Like, I don't know, that feeling that you give someone that, hey, this could be you, this can happen, and just the sheer excitement. I mean, me personally, I'm already excited. Like, I would definitely sign up and shadow you because it's just you light such a fire, and the team sounds so amazing. You're like, I just want to be a part of that. So I really hope everyone listening is on the same page. I think they definitely will get that urge to but yeah, it's amazing. I've been mind-blowing. Love the new upgrades. I know you guys have done some renovations. Trying to keep it the same, but I've seen some of the renovations that um, you were talking about when we did the tour before. And the passion that you talk with, it's quite inspiring. Well, thank you very much. You're well, welcome. I do have to, uh, I do have to end this. Uh, we, we open our doors in 10 minutes, so I do need to get downstairs and, and begin the process of welcoming people as they come to the door. But Absolutely. Um, this, is, this has been incredible. Thank you very much for the opportunity. My pleasure. And, uh, yes. Anytime you, anytime you want to do this again, give me a call. Absolutely. I will try to see if I can reschedule one with you. Um, should I just call you directly, or would you prefer me to call the 